Thank you, Jeanette. That's great. Well, it's wonderful to be here. A slightly cooler day than the last uh, few we've been having, isn't it? I know um, both Jeanette and I were up fairly early this morning and, well, it didn't look as if the sun rose, actually, because the sky was so, so overcast. But, um, yes, yeah, lovely 22-degree day today um, after some fairly warm days. Well, it certainly is a great pleasure to um, share the word with you this morning and uh, thank you for being here. When, uh, when we were praying earlier today, you know, our heart is that everyone who comes through these doors would actually be blessed in some way, perhaps through the worship, uh, through communion, uh, through the word or through our community time after the service. We really believe that there's blessing for everybody uh, in attendance, not because we're here, but because we make space for the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, today, I actually want to focus on hearing from God. I believe that God will actually speak to us. He will speak to any of us if we give him the opportunity. And uh, I chose this uh, subject today. There was a, a close second runner, which was faith. And uh, I really wasn't sure which one I should go with. But uh, in the end, I really felt that it's timely for us to remind ourselves of both the fact and the ways in which God speaks to us. And uh, I actually first uh, preached on this topic probably 10 years ago now. And uh, a friend of mine asked me once, well, how do I know? what God wants me to do. And that prompted me to sit down and actually write something, which I then eventually made available to my students. And Because most of you know, of course, that I, I lecture at Christian Heritage College. And I received an email from a student just the other day. Uh, this particular uh, subject is not one I'm teaching anymore, but this uh, paper, How Do I Know What God Wants Me To Do, is still up on the, on the website. And uh, out of the blue, a student sent me an email saying, Dr. Rod, reading this changed my life. So I thought, well, you know what? It's just about time I took it off the shelf and uh, shared it with you uh, here this morning. But before I actually get into the six ways you can hear from God, and uh, I've just got a list of six, undoubtedly, you could come up with a list of fewer or more, the list really isn't the point, the effect is the point. But I think there are a couple of prerequisites to hearing from God. And the first is, know that God loves you. That he loves you. He loves you as an individual. He crafted you in your mother's womb. He knew you. As the Psalms say, before you were created. And God had in mind for you a plan, a purpose and a destiny. And part of our role here as, as pastors is to walk with you so that you can discover and fulfil your purpose and destiny. 
But to get started, you've got to have an absolutely unshakable confidence that God loves you. You know, there are over 90 direct references to God's love for us as individuals in the Bible. Over 90. Some people say, if God says something and then repeats it twice, that is, if you can read it in the Bible three times, then he's really serious about it. But actually, God speaks of his love for us 30 times three, 90 times. So I'd say that that's a message that he wants us to hear and to understand. Just one passage, Psalm 86, verse 5 reads, You are forgiving and good, O Lord. You are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. So the first part of that scripture relates to the character of God. He's a forgiving God. And if you look through the, the history of God's relationship both with individuals and with Israel as a whole in the Old Testament, you will see he is a God of love. The Bible refers to God as being long-suffering. You know, he puts up with a lot from his people, both as individuals and corporately. The, the Hebrew word chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, which is translated in the King James Version as loving kindness, that appears countless times in Scripture. He's a loving and a kind God. He's a good God. If you want a definition of goodness, think about God. And if you find that a bit too abstract, don't forget that Jesus himself said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So if you have a, a struggle getting to grips with the, the goodness and the loving kindness of God, read about Jesus. He didn't turn anyone away who came for healing. He never actually said to anybody waving his fingers that you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. He merely dealt with their issue and then said, go, sin no more. Representing the forgiving nature of our God. Ninety times at least. God expresses his love for us as individuals. God loves you. Now let me tell you, it's not easy to believe it. I know that because I've struggled with that all my life. How could I be worthy of the love of God? How could the God who created the whole of the universe possibly love me. Well, actually, I am unworthy. All those things I've thought about myself that would disqualify me from his love, they're all actually true. Because his love for me has nothing at all to do 
with how good I am or how worthy I am. His love for you has nothing to do with how worthy you are. In fact, you know what? If we were good like God, he would never have had to send his son to die on the cross for the purpose of washing us clean of our sin. And you see, I know I've said this before, but we mustn't see and understand ourselves through our own eyes. We need to cultivate the habit of seeing ourselves through his eyes. And you see, he sees us through Jesus. Jesus was a man who did not sin. He was a man when he was on earth who had a perfect relationship with God. He was worthy of receiving God's love. And for that reason, he was worthy of taking on his own flesh, in his own back, all of our sin, all of our unworthiness, all of that which makes it impossible for us to meet the standards of God. He did that, and so God sees us through Jesus. So if you have any time when you're thinking, I'm not worthy, that's true. Agree with it, but then understand that God sees you through Christ, and that makes it easy for him to love you. Because Jesus, of course, is part of the Godhead. There's this such a closeness in relationship, such a closeness through love, that we see this three in one being. And so when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and as Saviour, we join that trinity seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus who is seated at the right hand of the Father. God loves you. If you can get a hold of that, then you're ready for God to speak to you. And if you're not sure whether or not it is possible to know exactly what is God's will for you. Let me encourage you with the words of Romans 12, 2. Actually, if I, I just go a little bit further. The, the whole point of Romans, the whole book of Romans, it's, it's almost a, like a legal document in which Paul sets out for us the effect of the death and the rising to life and the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. How that we're no longer subject to the law as the Jews were. But we come under his grace. And under the grace of God he's actually written his law on our hearts. So when God sees us he actually sees people who abide by the law not law breakers. Through sin, because the law is written on our hearts. And by the time we get up to around chapter 11 in the book of Romans, Paul is actually explaining to us what therefore should be the way in which we live as a result 
of the grace of God. And we don't always do it perfectly. So Paul teaches that we're, we're grafted in to the family of God through Jesus Christ. And because of that, the outworking should produce in us certain types of attitudes and behaviours. And right at the beginning of chapter 12, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, that is, having heard everything or read everything I've said up until this point, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we dedicate ourselves to him. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Isn't that a precious scripture? That's uh, towards the end of verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that has application for us as individuals as well as us as the community of God. So we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us through the renewing of our mind. You see, at the point of salvation, our spirit is renewed or regenerated, but our soul, which is mind and will and emotions, is not, nor is our body. So you can have a broken arm the day before you get saved, and you can have a broken arm after the day you get saved. But this renewing of our mind comes as through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that regenerated spirit, the new creation, that is the new spirit person, that rises up and takes over our mind. That's the process of renewal of our mind. And through that, we become transformed. The, the Greek word is metamorpho, from which we get the scientific expression metamorphosis, which is what happens, of course, when a, a, a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. That process that goes on within the chrysalis is called metamorphosis, from the Greek metamorpho. And so this idea of transformation is us changing from being, as it were, caterpillars into beautiful butterflies in the eyes of God. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to work on us through that process, we can actually become aware of what is the good and the perfect will of God. How good is that? So, the starting point is to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God loves you. And that's one of the foundations of Ignite Life Church, of course. If you have a look at our little <coughs> statement there, you'll see it says God loves you and so do we, don't we, Andrew? He's not 100% certain about that. <laughs> that, that. There's a bit of history behind that. You can ask Andrew about that later on. But <laughs> uh, He reckons I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, so um, look, you know, pour him a cup of coffee and just ask him why <laughs> a little later on in community time. All right, uh, let's move on. 
Uh, the next, the next thing I, 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 I really recommend and encourage people in is to actually be prepared to hear from God. And uh, that's pretty simple, really. Take time out to pray and study the Bible. Now, you can't see the, the typing on this little chart up here. I knew that would be the case. But I just want to um, show you a little bit of uh, research, which is, um, this research is undertaken by the Roy Morgan organisation each year. As a matter of fact, I was chosen to be in the, in the research sample this year. And, um, yeah, Jeanette's laughing because I, I, I started doing the questionnaire the other night, I think it was Monday night, 101 pages. <laughs> Took me four hours. <laughs> but the worst thing was, like you go through page after page where they say, do you or anyone in your household, household own? It's got this long list of things and I'm thinking, I don't own one of those, I haven't got... Oh no, and we won't be buying one of them in the next 12 months either. I feel so poor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, we don't have all these things in our household. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we do have a new outdoor lounge suite, but talk to Jeanette about that later. <laughs> I had to go to Bunnings to buy a bit of sandpaper, right? <laughs> Tell you what. It's the most expensive sandpaper I've ever bought. You can talk to her about that in community time. Too. After you finish with Andrew, go and have a chat. And just ask her, just ask her, like, just, I don't want her to hear this, but just ask her, where are we going to put it, right? <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm, I'm part of the Roy Morgan research this year. Pardon? I was chosen, yeah, I'm sure I was chosen. It was part of my destiny. <laughs> anyway. But the reason I wanted to show you this, this chart is that uh, the, the, red, the red line, it represents the total number of hours in the year 2016 that Aussies spent working. Now, have a guess what the next chart is. Just have a guess. Eh? Can you read it? Watching TV. <laughs> so collectively, as a nation, we spend more time watching TV than we spend working. <laughs> Can you believe that? Now, now, I mean, I understand statistics, and, and of course there are some people who don't work, so some people are retired, they've got more time to watch television and so on. But, but it is true that actually Australians spend a lot more time doing things like uh, sitting in front of their TV or in front of a console than they do doing just about anything else. Now, it's interesting... The, um, the, the third one, that's uh, listening to radio. The fourth one is using the internet at home. Now, reading, they're the last two. Is that the Bible? No, the Bible doesn't feature anywhere. <laughs> the Bible doesn't feature anywhere. Uh, there is one question in the, in, the, um, in the question. It does ask you about your religious affiliation. So, of course, I tick the Pentecostal box for that one. <laughs> is what it? That was the only question on religion. You know, it didn't say how many times a week you read the Bible or anything like that. But my point is this. You know, we, we can just go along with the rest of the world and we can be like the rest of the world and we can basically allocate our time to work and watching telly or hanging around on the internet or whatever. I mean, I don't really watch much free-to-air TV, 
I watch. Um, uh, yeah, no. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you, Barb. I'm really sorry, but no, I don't spend much time watching the Hillsong channel. We got access to it. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on YouTube. No, no, I watch Bill Johnson on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So. And airplanes. Yeah, I watch airplanes. <laughs> and, vintage, and vintage trucks and that sort of Yeah, I just watch trucks going around roundabouts and things like that. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> However, my, my strong encouragement to you is don't do that all the time. Because probably God won't speak to you while you haven't got, while, while, while he hasn't got your attention. Now, by, by prayer, I, I don't mean that you've got to shut yourself away for three hours Every day, I, I, we had um, some pastors as guests in our house some years ago, and um, he, he'd had been with they were older couple, so they were well and truly sort of. Um, in fact, they were late sixties, early seventies, but um, he'd for his whole life, adult life, he'd gone away, shut out his wife and his family for three hours every day to pray. Now, I'm not saying that's not okay. But I am saying that you don't have to do it that way. And I, I've always been very impressed by the fact that in Genesis 3, we read that God, as a matter of habit, walked in the garden in the cool of the evening and simply <laughs> conversed with Adam and Eve. And I firmly believe that prayer today is the equivalent of just hanging out with God in the garden. He just wants to converse with us. And so we don't need big flowery words. We don't need deep theology or anything like that in order to converse with God. We can simply tell him about how our day's going, how we feel, what our needs are. And we can tell him that we love him. The, the last song we sing, Your Love. Brings me to my knees. I, I was choking up in that because it's the truth. When you meditate on how much he loves you, it is enough to literally bring you to your knees. So spend time. Spend time also studying the Bible. And uh, I know we've got Bible apps and uh, Jeanette's got a Bible app that, that's got a talking app with it. We... She demonstrated that in the middle of the discussion point last Sunday. <laughs> and it uh, works well. You just can't stop it sometimes. <laughs> but also, it's a good idea to read it for yourself. And uh, you even just open it up anywhere if you want. I, I remember when I started uh, reading the Bible, I was probably not spending more than 15 minutes a day uh, sometimes I go to work late now because I get stuck into it and I can't stop. You know, it, it is just such a powerful thing. And uh, the Bible is still by far the best-selling book in the world. It doesn't show up in the best-seller lists because there are so many versions. I mean, if you go to Kurong, you can walk, walk through the, the Bible shelf area. There are probably, a, there's probably 140 or so different versions and there's study Bibles and all, all kinds of things. And so it never shows up as the best-selling book because it comes in many, many different forms. 
but nevertheless, it still is. And there are more Bibles in circulation than any other book that has ever been written. But guess what? Hardly anybody ever reads any of them. What most people do with the Bible after they buy it is stick it on a shelf and most of the time that's where it stays. And yet the Bible is actually a living document because it's powered by the Holy Spirit. And so when you're open, reading, studying, meditating on God's word, then he will speak to you. So you need to be prepared to hear from God. You need to cultivate a habit of prayer. And if you just have in mind that picture of walking with God in the garden, in the cool of the evening, it's just conversing with him, just as you might your spouse or a good friend. That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be anything more significant, well it's significant, but it doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that. Alright, so now let me get on to the list. I've only got six things in my list. There may well be more, but I think this is a pretty good place to start. Now God, we know through history, has spoken to people through visions and dreams. And there are instances recorded in both the Old Testament and the New Testament where God has spoken to somebody through a vision or through a dream. Daniel, for example, we know is pretty good at interpreting dreams. In the New Testament, there are a number of instances where God spoke to somebody through a vision or through a dream and it caused someone else to change direction. I want to share with you one or two examples from my own experience because that's real. It's better than quoting from someone's book. But I can remember going back now to, it would have been 1994, so a while ago now, in the very early, early days of establishing a Christian radio station up in Toowoomba. We were looking for somewhere to to locate our studios and offices. And uh, I can remember having a vision early one morning of a set of stairs, and I think Jeanette independently had exactly the same vision. You can ask her during community time as well, so you've got three people to chase up during community time now, right? We had the same vision, but we didn't talk about it. We were totally independent. And that was the vision of a set of stairs, and at the top of the stairs, vacant offices. Now that day, someone rang us and said, would you like to come and have a look at some vacant office space in, uh, in Toowoomba? It was in uh, Margaret Street in Toowoomba. And we said, sure, we'll come and have a look. As soon as the door opened, there it was, the stairway. We walked to the top of the stairway, there was the vacant office space. And uh, that was where we established the original offices and studios of what is now uh, Voice FM, uh, broadcasting Christian radio in Toowoomba. And by the way, we've got David Beard here this morning. David works for Vision Media. And uh, Vision Media have 
low-powered radio stations and some higher-powered AM stations, but low-powered FM radio stations all over Australia. And they broadcast 100%, I love it, 100% Christian content all around the nation. And uh, David, you want to catch up with him too. We're going to be here for a long time in community time today, but the, the testimonies that Vision Media have about people who have changed their minds about suicide simply because they were listening to the program. These guys put transmitters in all uh, remote places all over Australia. Uh, in rural areas, farmers are doing it tough. There's a pretty high suicide rate. I know of a testimony of one place where there's a Christian radio station that Vision Media, uh, they put a transmitter up there. There had been five suicides in the year or so prior to the radio station being available. In the year after it was available, there wasn't a single suicide. Just amazing that the power of Christian radio is, is phenomenal. But Jeanette and I had this the vision, and because you know, God had prepared us in the vision, we didn't have to waste time making up our minds whether or not we were going to accept the offer of the office space. Just like that. Occasionally you will hear the audible voice of God, and I mean truly audible voice. I've got two occasions in my life when I believe I heard the audible voice of God. So for me, it isn't a, a regular experience. But um, I'm going to embarrass Ainsley. She won't remember this because it was the day she was born. <laughs> I was brought up Anglican and uh, after I left school, I kind of drifted away. And so I drifted into a lifestyle that wasn't totally honouring God. But uh, the morning that Ainsley was born, she was born just before 5am in the morning, and I'd left the hospital. I was going home, um, it was around about a quarter to seven or, or thereabouts. And I got a couple of kilometres away from the hospital, and I heard a voice coming from the back seat of my car, left-hand side, and the voice simply said, I want you back. And I was so overcome with emotion that I had to pull the car over, the, over to the side of the road and I had tears streaming because I knew it was God speaking to me. And I knew what he meant when he said, I want you back. Well, here I am back. You know, I'm backer than I've ever been before, so to speak, because here I am uh, pastoring a campus of Ignite Life Church with Jeanette, who, by the way, said she'd never be a pastor's wife. But guess what? She's not. Because she's going to be a pastor, not a pastor's wife. And uh, right now she's in charge of our prophetic ministry. But there you go. Um, a third way is uh, what I call uh, the inner voice. Or some people might call it intuition. And uh, I actually think God has particularly gifted women in this way. Because we, we, you know, we hear about women's intuition all the time. I think we should really take that pretty seriously. And, and the way God's made women, you see, women and men are meant to complement one another. We're, we're equal in God's eyes. Go back to Genesis uh, chapter 1, that's very, very clear. We're equal in God's eyes, but we complement one another. And women have a capacity that we call intuition. 
Now, a godly woman is going to have a heightened, if you like, capacity for intuition. And it's an inner knowingness. The way in which I would describe it is, for, for me, it's like an upwelling from deep within. I have a sensation. You know, the Bible talks about uh, the river of living waters that is in us. It's as if there's that river of living waters and something bubbles up until it becomes my understanding. It's the inner voice of God. And when you hear that inner voice and you have a, a peace, you know that it's time to move in that direction that God is taking you. Uh, for me, the most probably the most recent and significant uh, experience along those lines would be when um, our, the president of my organisation resigned. And the last time we had a vacancy open for a president, I applied for it. Now, I didn't get it. That's a long story. And it doesn't really matter. But people said to me this time, well, are you going to apply? And I said, no, I'm not. They said, why? Because God's spoken. God spoke to me last time as well, but I, that's a couple of years ago. This is more recent. And uh, because I went to God and I said, God, I want to know what you want me to do. And it became clear through this hearing, if you like, of the, the inner voice, that, that upwelling of understanding from deep within, that I wasn't to apply, but I was to be here for the transition. He made that so clear. And then there will be something significant happen in February of next year. So stay tuned, everybody. Something extraordinary is going to happen for moi in February next year. I don't know what it is yet, but that's okay because I have trust in God. So there's three direct ways in which we can hear from God. But there are other ways as well, and I don't know whether, you really, whether I really should call this hearing indirectly or not. It doesn't really matter. Categories are not all that important. But we can hear through the written word as well. And any time we open the, the written word of God, of course, we can find general principles. So I've, I've often said to people who say to me, I don't really understand how God speaks. Or I don't really understand God's will for me. I'm going to say, well, that's okay. Start by living your life according to his word. Right? So you know that you're right in the middle of his general will for everybody when you're living your life according to his word. So if you struggle hearing from God, don't worry about it. Start living your life according to his word as the way of living is revealed to you when you spend time in the word. But sometimes you can open the word and there might be a particular issue that you're struggling with at a point in time and suddenly the answer will become apparent. So that's one further way in which you can hear from God. Our circumstances often speak to us as well. I, I remember when I, um, when I was making the transition from having spent 28 years working for government universities to work for a Christian higher education institution. It was a process that took some, some 20 months. It was, took a long time. And I remember that um, over the Christmas period 
in 2007 it was, God said to me, and again it was through this kind of upwelling from, from deep within, God spoke to me and said, I want you to write down everything that you understand about Christian Heritage College. Because I'd been praying about this for a long time. And I keep a prayer and Bible study diary and I'd written out what I believe God was speaking to me over a period of two years. And so I got a, a fresh notebook and I went through and I, I just wrote down everything that had come to me during my prayer time or Bible reading in relation to a possible move from a public university on a pretty good pay rate to a Christian higher education provider on a sort of, you know, more like a pastoral salary. So big, big change in circumstances for us. But it was quite interesting because in my current workplace, circumstances changed significantly and it was getting harder and harder and harder for me to work there. And so I'd heard through other means that you know, I began to feel that God was calling me out of the marketplace, as it were, to, to change my role from being a Christian in the marketplace to actually training other Christians to be Christians in the marketplace. And one of the things that caused me to make that final decision was that my circumstances in my employment started to change. And so there was a kind of pushing from my previous employment as well as everything else. And the final thing is the counsel of others. The counsel of others. God can actually speak to us through other people. Sometimes it'll be other people who have maturity and wisdom in the Lord. Sometimes it will be people who have a prophetic gifting. And I just want to share very briefly, because we're, we're running short of time, but I want to share very briefly a recent experience I had. I was, was invited to go to a business breakfast last Friday morning. And uh, I'm very busy. I, I, I was getting towards the end of a major project which culminated in a paper that I had to coordinate. Most of it I wrote. It was 18,000 words long, 45 pages. And um, so I was pretty busy. I was a bit stressed. And I got another email, uh, sorry, another text saying, you're going to come to the breakfast. So I said, yep, all right, I'll come to the breakfast. So I did, I get to the breakfast, and it turns out that the speaker is one of these personal stylists from Melbourne. You know those people who you pay them $1,000 and they'll help you choose a new wardrobe and all that sort of, sort of stuff? What are you laughing at, Bob? <coughs> What's the matter? <laughs> hey? I'm styled by Rod. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Neil's laughing at me too. Tell you what, just as well, my confidence is in my God, eh? <laughs> and not me brothers and sisters. <laughs> but um, so she's from Melbourne, where I guess the best of these stylists live. And she's a Christian. And she really just does a bit of a kind of encouragement talk, you know. She just does... Um, what do you call them? Those, uh, what? Motivational. Yeah, motivational. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not as hard to say as transcendental, I know, I know. but motivational, right? Motivational. Anyway, um, so she does all this, and then she's got some shirts to give away. And uh, 
she comes over to me and she calls me Mr. Rod, which is quite interesting because a lot of children call me Mr. Rod. And um, yeah, Mr. Rod. She comes over, she's Mr. Rod, she said. And then she started prophesying over me. Now, I don't know whether you'll understand how important this is. I, I was wearing a black shirt. And uh, she said, and I quote, solid colours look good on you. <laughs> so, right, I met the standard. But because of some of the, the issues I'm grappling with at the moment, the next thing she said was really important to me personally at that time. She said this. She said, and God says so too you are a solid man. And then she, she went on to share some other things which were totally irrelevant to my personal situation at the time. And by the way, she gave me a Daniel Hector shirt, right? Paris designer, Paris, Paris. 100% cotton, woven in Italy, worth about $180. And I would have worn it this morning if it had still been 32 degrees. But when summer comes back, I'll, I'll wear it. But when the point is this, she had a prophetic gift and she spoke God's heart to me because God loves me and God loves you. So there you have it. Hearing directly from God. We can hear through visions and dreams. We can hear his audible voice. Or we can have intuition. And what I've called hearing indirectly through the written word of God, through our circumstances and through other people. But remember, 